The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Today we check in with Connor Burks of the MMA Hour. The MMA Hour is a MMA UFC show that's run by Ariel Helwani, the biggest MMA UFC journalist out there. So Connor Burks talks with us about how he got involved in that show, where his love of UFC came from, what exactly the goals of the shows are, and how working at ESPN Radio helped him in this venture. Enjoy Connor Burks. Before we get into the nitty gritty, let me get some kind of logistical stuff out of the way. Your name is Connor Burks, but yet they call you GC. Where? <laughs> what, what does GC mean? Uh, yeah, I wish it was a cooler story than it was. So it literally just means Georgia Connor. I'm from the state of Georgia, grew up there, went to the University of Georgia, everything like that. First few days uh, on the show on the MMA Hour, they were just like, all right, let's uh, let's go to Georgia Connor. Uh, and it was just that simple. Then they cut it to GC. Ariel, the host that I worked with at a prior job, he used to work with a guy called DC. So it's kind of a play on words with that as well. Uh, but nothing cool. There's no cool story behind it. It's literally just where I'm from. You produce the MMA hour, but yet the MMA hour sometimes <laughs> is four hours long. What's it like producing a show that has kind of an indefinite time length? Yeah, I mean, we all, we honestly joke about that all the time. It's technically in the contract to only be an hour-long show, and I could not fathom the show only being an hour. I mean, we're, we're just getting started when we're an hour into it. Uh, but it's fun, man. I mean, the length of the show all depends on the guests, what's happening in the sport of MMA, uh, the banter that we're having. Sometimes it could go three and a half hours. Sometimes it could go five and a half hours. Uh, but most of the time, it's, it's fun every time. So uh, I enjoy it. You know, I've done everything in the business, right? Board op, producer, PD, <laughs> assistant PD, host. Board oping a show, a live radio show for four hours is tough. Those commercial breaks are a godsend sometimes, right? You need them to reset, to re-energize the show, to go to the bathroom. You don't take commercial breaks. What is it like producing a show for four hours with no commercials? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a trip. There's there's times because I need to be in the control room because we, we we flow with a lot of assets. We're working on the next guest, getting him on the show. There is times where I am like, all right, guys, I, I just need two minutes and I will because we're at Vox Media Studios and there's other people working in these cubicles and I will be <laughs> sprinting through the hall to the bathroom just to get there and then right back to the studio. Uh, I don't know how Ariel, our host, does it. He goes the full length. I'm telling you, like, it is maybe one in every 15 shows. This guy's take. This guy takes a bathroom break. I have the utmost respect for how he does that. I, I really don't know. It's some Scott Hansen type stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a grind for sure. But it, but luckily, it's a ton of fun. Um, I don't miss the commercials. I actually will say that coming from ESPN Radio, I don't miss the commercials. Sitting through the slog, having to log when when the sponsors come on. Um, so I actually like this format better. Well, Ariel, I guess he doesn't need to take any breaks because he sometimes gets food delivered to him, as I understand, over the course of the show. Uh, yeah, occasionally. Occasionally that happens. And he like, I don't know how he stays hydrated either. I think it's a battle of going to the bathroom or, you know, just working at slightly dehydrated levels. He has a little water bottle that he keeps the whole time and 
and just like casually sips on it every once in a while. I'm like chugging water in the back. So <laughs> I've, I've always got to go to the bathroom. What is it like to work with Ariel? Because he's been around the MMA game for as long as the MMA game really has been around. And I mean, he's on so many different outlets, so many different platforms. He's doing so many different things. He's dabbled in the NBA. He's in the, the superhero world at some at sometimes. What's it like working with a guy who seems to never stop? It's incredible, dude. I mean, you you said it. He he seems to never stop. I really don't know how he has the time. I mean, I'll casually be texting him throughout the week and he's just doing this, that, the other. I mean, he's just always going. And and you mentioned it on being on so many different outlets. Like the the times where I'll start watching something, it's like, oh, there's Ariel. Uh, he recently just did something with HBO. It's just like, oh, there's Ariel. I'll I'll go back and watch like historical MMA clips and it's like these legendary interviews. And it's just like, I hear someone ask the question. I'm like, oh, Ariel did this interview. Like it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy. And it's a ton of fun because, I mean, he gives me a ton of creative freedom to work on the show. He's always down to do fun, new things. He's he's always trying to make the show better. He he matches the energy, if not goes above and beyond because he cares about the show that I work on so much. Um, and yeah, he just he he has everybody's back on the show. He He's a guy that that preaches loyalty and, and expects it to come back to him as well. And and yeah, I mean, I can't say a bad word about the guy. He, he really is a blast to work with. He is the preeminent MMA UFC journalist. So to work with him, you got to be on your P's and Q's. You didn't even get into the sport, as I understand it, <laughs> until like two years ago. So how did you make up all that ground to get to his level? Yeah, dude. I mean, I was, uh, as they as they say in the MMA world, a casual for sure. I, I I would watch the really big fights back in like 2016, 2018. Then the pandemic hit. And obviously your brother, Troy, is, is very big into MMA. Mm-hmm. And he kind of got me into it. So then I started watching every single pay-per-view. And then I started betting on it. Then I started getting more into the world of it. Uh, and then when I started with this show, it was just dive in, two feet first, don't even hold your nose. I'm just completely ingraining myself in the world of MMA. I watch every single card. Since I started, I have not missed any UFC fights. I'm the guy at the bar streaming on the phone. I'm always reading the articles. I'm watching every interview. Obviously, you know, working on the show, it it elevates your knowledge of the game that much more because you're around it so much. Um, but, I mean, it's literally just being as ingrained in the sport as I can on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, the things that I watch on YouTube, everything is is how I've pretty much caught up with my with my knowledge. You know, how do you guys view your role in the sport? What I mean is, are you looking to grow the sport and attract new fans and bring more people into this world? Or are you just like, look, we are what we are and we're going to do the best we can for this group, even if it's a little more niche? I think it's a little bit of both, man. I, I think we are who we are. We're going to continue what we do. We're not going to go and do something that isn't us just to try to attract fans that that aren't already into the sport. But at the same time, I think the nature of our show, the the sort of you know laid back feel, we we aren't to take ourselves too seriously, but we also get some really great high level interviews on the show as well. I think naturally can attract more fans. I, I think it can sort of hitch their wagon to like, oh, I'm I'm in with these guys. Like if these guys get it, you know, they make the sport more fun. Uh, and maybe I'll start checking it out more. Most of the people that I have done these with are pure podcast producers or pure radio producers. Your show streams on YouTube. What's it like to produce a show that has a video component also? Yeah. So I mean 
when you when you hear YouTube show, you you kind of think of a, a little bit more of like a rickety setup. But like when I got to Vox, especially, you know, coming from ESPN, it was I mean, we're in like the the spaceship in the control room. Like there's there's 15 TVs and there's six different stations for everyone and a, a professional audio board, a TriCaster to put up edits. Um, so it, it's essentially like running a live TV show. Uh, I guess the only thing about it is there's no backup to go to. Like you can't go to alternate programming. Um, you can't just go to a commercial break. When things are on fire, like you got to get the extinguisher, put it out. Uh, and be able to do that live and in real time. Luckily, you know, you said Ariel, one of the best in the game. He has a way to keep the composure. He has a way to keep things moving without, you know, giving away the technological mistakes on the back end. But uh, it's always crazy, man. There's not much else to say about it. I mean, it's uh, you never know what you're going to get on one of these live show days. The producer's role after the fact, what is it that you're doing? Are you putting up Hey, we just we gripped it and ripped it for four hours. It's going up as is. Do you have to cut it down to an hour because that's what the contract called for? Are you taking out stutters or mistakes that you felt you may have you guys may have made? What what's it like after the fact? Grip it and rip it, dude. Put it up. You're getting the whole thing. You're seeing everything that we just did. You're seeing all the mistakes. If there were any, hopefully, knock on wood, there weren't too many uh over the course of the three, four, five hours of the show. Uh, you're gonna get that. We'll break out the the individual interviews. Those will be much more tight and concise. Uh, if you know someone's a specific fan of a of a specific fighter, so they can just digest that interview and not have to go through everything else in the show. And then the podcast uh, we also post on our podcast platform. That's a little bit more edited. That's a little more concise. Advertisements are put into that as well. Um, but if you're going on the YouTube channel, you're watching the four hour show. You're you're seeing it exactly how we did it live. You worked at ESPN Radio for a couple of years. How did working there help you here? The biggest thing is working on live shows. When I was at ESPN Radio, you're live 24-7. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas, if it's the middle of the summer and there's no sports going on. You are live 24-7 around the clock. And with that live component, like I just mentioned, things are bound to go wrong when you're when you're doing a live production and just being able to handle that keep a calm demeanor figure out what you need to do and keep it rolling definitely has helped me in this job and another thing is getting to work with high level talent at, at ESPN i mean getting introduced to you know the Stephen A's the Max Kellermans of the world and kind of understanding how they work has also helped me in this in this job I have to imagine it's a benefit now to not have to get up at like three in the morning. Weren't you working oh on first God. and last back in the day? Oh my God, man. I was on first and last sports center all night. Uh, I did the morning show for a stint. <laughs> I actually had a stint where I was doing Thursday, Friday morning show. So I'd get up at 3am, you know, work till noon. And then Saturday, Sunday, I was producing our game night, our late night talk show that went to 1am. So completely flipping the schedule, <laughs> just terrible on my body. Uh, but yeah, just grinding away to try and get some experience. I say this in quotes, traditional media. That's where you were at ESPN radio. Why did you want out of that? And into more of this kind of uh, more freedom in this world? I think what you just said right there, the freedom, the being able to be creative, you know, uh, you said traditional media with ESPN. Another thing it is, it it is corporate. There, there are a lot of things that you're going to get pushed back on that you're not going to get approval of. Uh, you know, you're following a lot of guidelines. You're, you're under Disney. Um, it did feel sort of restrictive in terms of creative freedom. And now my new job, it's sort of just like 
let's do it. That's that's pretty much the motto is like, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Let's see how much we can make this show better. Where when I presented ideas at ESPN, it it did kind of feel like they were getting shut down. And and then, you know, on the on the actual job work-life balance side, it's what you just mentioned. It, it was tough to get up at 3 a.m. and then two days later, stay up till 1 a.m. It, it was pretty brutal on the body uh, and the mind, man, especially with those Connecticut winners. They are uh, they are not easy to go through. And and then, you know, just personally, uh, just from a growth standpoint, I I didn't really feel like the track at ESPN was was going to be a fast track. And I didn't really feel like the ability to grow uh, was really, you know, the sky is the limit. Whereas I feel with my new job, it, it felt like there was a ceiling while I was there. You've got a voice on the MMA hour. You've also done some podcast work on your own on the side here. So how do you, as somebody who it sounds like wants to have an on-air resume as well, how do you find time or find the, uh, the ability to, uh, to do both? Yeah, so I've I've been really fortunate with with being on the MMA Hour. Ariel from the first interview was like, "I want you on air. I want you on air." And I was like, "That's cool. That's cool." It's it hasn't really been something my entire career that I've been dead set on on getting on air. When I first got my first internship in radio during uh, a summer at the University of Georgia, I was I was working in Atlanta. That's kind of where I fell in love with the idea of like the half and half of mixing it. I, I love being able to do things behind the scenes, sort of pull the strings on on being creative and, and adding stuff to the show, but also not fully being the host. They, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, you know, being a personality and everything, but I also like being able to mix it in, you know, where whereas we have a four or five hour show, I might get on the air on the MMA hour for 30, 35 minutes rather than, you know, going the whole time. So I've enjoyed being able to do the mixing. And then uh, I've also just gotten lucky. They they asked me to do a betting podcast at MMA Fighting. So that's that's been able to really help me build my hosting chops and everything while being a part of the job. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just extra. It's just extra work. You just have to go the extra mile. I, I used to do a college betting basketball or a college basketball betting podcast. I mean, that was it was strictly just extra work. It was just going the extra mile. Um, but that helped me with the Adobe suite that helped me with my hosting, uh, that helped me with being able to talk gambling on the air. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want it, you're just going to have to put in the work. Uh, if, if I would say that to anyone, I'll get you out of here on this. What are some of the things that younger producers can, can bring to shows? Um, you know, I memes is something that you're pretty big in, you know, I've heard <laughs> other people have talked to me about audiograms, you know, so what are some of the things that younger producers can uh, can bring to people who are older and established in the business. Oh man, I think the social aspect is, is huge for it. I like Ariel wanted to get in on TikTok, and it, it's not me, but there is a young kid out there producing all of his TikToks for him. You know, doing that video editing. I, th- I think social media is one of the biggest ways that you can grow your audience, you can grow your market, and everyone that that tunes into your show appreciates it. It's a way where when you're off air people can still be thinking about your on-air product just on social media. And in today's day and age, man, it feels like everybody's on it all the time. You you get on a train, you get on a a bus, you're standing in a coffee shop, everyone's staring at their phones. And I'd I'd argue to say if they're not texting, then then 80% of them are on social media. So I, I think that's one of the biggest assets that a young producer can bring. I thought Connor was great. Open, honest, transparent about what he felt were kind of limiting factors at ESPN, the freedom he enjoys now at Vox Media, 
also how he balances having an on-air role in his career while also being the producer behind the scenes of the MMA Hour, which is more than one hour uh, on pretty much every occasion. But I thought Connor Brooks was awesome. We'll definitely have to check in with him again down the road. Thanks for listening, everybody, to this episode. We'll see you in the next time on the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 